Hello, everyone. I'm Holly Pennebaker, and you're listening to a new episode of HCI's 9 to Thrive HR. This podcast features experts and practitioners in the field of HR and brings their knowledge of the most pressing issues facing talent management straight to you. We talk about current industry problems, but most importantly, solutions you can use in your organization. Let's bring up learning and development, for example. Today's workforce must be tougher than ever, and by tough, I mean mentally tough. Leaders are tasked with overcoming changes in the business world that cause frustration, stress, and the feeling of being so overwhelmed. As this mental toughness truly makes a difference in teamwork and morale. We have a true expert here to talk about more agility and having your leadership mind right. Andrew Whitman, who's former State Department lead trainer at Navy SEALs and Special Forces. So Andrew, before we get into some learning today, how about telling us a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Holly. But so what people don't really know is that I was, my mom and dad were missionaries, and I was brought up in a uh, town in Australia called Wagga Wagga. It was halfway between Sydney and Melbourne. And I was actually the fat kid in high school that got bullied a lot, and I was beat up a lot, and I was a crybaby. Um, and as a missionary's kid, I couldn't fight back. So I didn't want to live my life that way. So once I graduated high school, I enlisted in the Marine Corps to get mentally tough because I knew they had what I needed. And so I spent six years in the Marine Corps infantry, did combat in Desert Storm in the Republic of Panama, and then went into law enforcement here in South Carolina, uh, uh, Spartanburg County Sheriff's uh, Office for like a year and a half. And then I went federal. Um, and my great claim to fame as a federal agent is that I was uh, agent in charge of Nancy Pelosi's detail. I personally protected Joe Lieberman, Hillary Clinton, um, some heads of state, some Fortune 20 CEOs, and Sir Elton John. We don't want to leave him off the list. Always fun. Um, and then I went over to the State Department and was training SEALs, Marines, Rangers, and Special Forces guys in high threat diplomatic security. And in 2013, I just got tired of getting shot at for a living and never seeing my family and decided, you know, I could teach uh, this mental toughness and leadership stuff to corporate. And so I hung my shingle for the Mental Toughness Training Center. And um, and, and here we go. Andrew, thank you so much for that. And so Since our new normal is dealing with constant change in almost every aspect of work and personal life, how can mental toughness and agility really make a difference in how we react to and perform in our new changing environment? Right. So I like to think of it like as a like a picture. If anybody's been to the beach and there's been a lot of waves, you know, there's like a bit of storm off the thing. And then change comes like those waves come in. They come in in sets and there might be a lull in between. But our mindset really dictates how we handle the change. We can either fight the waves, fight the change, and it's a constant struggle, and we're in the washing machine of all the circumstances, or we can use those waves to surf and power our way to success, fulfillment, and happiness. And it really all just depends on your mental uh, ability and your mindset and the ability to change and be flexible in your, what we call truths, your perceptions of what's going on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And when you talk about the ocean and when you talk about waves coming in, I feel like we spend so much time trying to smoothen out those waves and even turn it into more of like a still body of water, when in fact, wouldn't it make more sense to know that the waves are coming no matter what, and that you're going to overcome them and that there is the other side and that no matter what, you'll look forward to it? Is it all about the mindset too? 
it's all about the mindset. So I like to think of like, so uh, I was stationed in Hawaii. So when I went out there, I didn't know anything about the ocean or surfing. You know, I was an East Coast kid. And then in Australia, we're in the middle of the outback. There's no water. Um, And when the locals were teaching me how to surf, as soon as your mindset changes and you learn how to use the waves to your advantage, it becomes the most fun thing in the world. Like you can't get enough of surfing, right? So that's why surfers are out there all the time trying to catch the next ride because it's exhilarating. Uh, Or you have like what what I started out as, you know, the guy that keeps getting sucked out by the rip current and then you're in over your head and you're just flailing and you're just trying to keep your head above water and somebody has to come rescue you. And that really is the mindset difference. And when change, because change is happening, that's the only constant in the universe is change is coming. If you're constantly fighting the change, it's going to be a long uphill battle for you in your personal life and in the work environment. So we'll just go ahead and say literally write it out, right? And, and so, Andrew, Absolutely. you are going to be covering some really exciting topics in your keynote coming up, such as unlocking the brain's potential to thrive, how to keep fear and anxiety from hijacking your emotions, and how to effectively manage your response in any crisis, just to name a few. Can you give us an example of how these kinds of mental tools Um, can help and explain how they can take us to a place where we can better manage our emotions of our brain? Absolutely. So one of the things I like to do is kind of use this example of being a first responder, like a firefighter, EMS, police officers, and the 911 operator versus an emotional reactor, right? So I like to channel the 911 operator, right? So when you call the 911 operator, if you ever called them or you've seen it on TV, you know, they answer the phone very calmly, 911, what's your emergency? And they begin asking questions um, to gather information to come up with a plan of response, right? Now, we would, most of us live our life like if we got, we were the 911 operator, we got the call, we'd be like, oh my God, there's an emergency, right? And we begin freaking out immediately. So, what we want to do is channel the 911 operator, become a first responder instead of an emotional reactor. Very good way to use those roles as an example. Um, I really like that. And so let's move on into some pieces of advice that you might give HR executives who are trying to develop their current and future leaders. Would that advice be similar? Do you have a little bit more you can tell us? Yeah. So the first thing is like stop trying because I say trying is lying. If you say we're trying to do something, it's like if we were going to the gym, Holly, you and me, we were like, hey, we're going to meet at the gym tomorrow at 6 a.m. And I said, I'll, I'll try and make it. Am I coming? Oh, I guarantee I won't see you there because you said try. Right. You didn't so, say you will right. be there. Right. So that's a, so commit, right? You got to be all in. If you're as an HR executive, we're going to, you know, develop current and future leaders. We can't just say the buzzwords. We can't just be trying to do it. We can't attempt to do it. You got to be committed. You got to be a hundred percent all in and just decide we're doing it because anything else is really delusional and it's a lie, right? Because, and then you get frustrated because you don't see that development coming. So a hundred percent all in first thing, then you got to find a process that's going to produce the results that you want, right? And then be relentless in doing the process. So pick the process that'll get us to where we want to go and then focus on the process. Most of us in corporate America, we're, quote, results-oriented. When we look at results, what happens is we put ourselves in an emotional roller coaster because if we get the result that we like, we feel good about it. If we don't get the result that we were looking for, then we feel bad about it, and we're up and down and up and down. So what we do is just take, take the results off the board and focus on doing the process that gets us there, and it smooths out those emotional curves 
and you literally will get to where you want to go much quicker and without all the, you know, topsy-turviness. Yeah, really great advice there, Andrew. Thank you so much. And we'll go ahead and let that note uh, finish us up for the day and give folks a good take home for their use. And so, Andrew, thanks so much for being here. Is there any final thought that you would like to leave us with? No, I'm really excited to see you guys in Chicago. Can't wait to be with you all. And one thing for you, Holly, booyah. Booyah, right back at you and for everyone else too. And so, folks, if you'd like to hear more from Andrew, join us in Chicago on September 26th through the 28th for our Learning and Leadership Development Conference. You can register online by visiting hci.org. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed your time with us. You can find HCI on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the YouTube channel, HCI Talent. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent-minded people discover the program. And for all of us here at HCI and for all of us at 9 to Thrive, we appreciate you for tuning in.